0: Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Up Tempo Podcast. I'm your host, Blake Lane, and today I'll be joining by one of my co-hosts, Dalton Garrett, and we will be previewing the national championship game rematch between your number one ranked Alabama Crimson Tide and your Georgia Bulldogs. And, uh, you know, DG – I see this right here, man, and and the first thing I want to I want to ask you is, is: I looked I looked at the line the other day, and I see it it opened up at two and a half, and then it went to three. And I talked a, a little bit about it on my show the other night. Is you know, Alabama had to dominate, and win in the SEC championship, and then they. They both play their playoff games, and Georgia looked really impressive. And and they open up as a as a two and a half point. Now it's three. Now it's back to two and a half. Is is that is that disrespectful to Alabama? Is it the right line, or, or you know, what is your thoughts on that?
1: Uh, yeah. I mean, I think it's uh. I mean, if you're Alabama, they uh they seem to. Thrive and that underdog mentality and whatever Saban tells them when he talks them into believing they're underdogs and people are disrespecting them. Uh, I think it's kind of a crazy line, especially after the fact that they did beat them, what forty-one to twenty-four. I mean, I think yeah, it wasn't really even a good game. I mean, Georgia jumped up ten to nothing and then Alabama went on a forty-one to fourteen run from there. So um, I think it's, I think it's a lot more than just a tad bit disrespectful. I think it's just straight up disrespectful that you're gonna put the number one team in the country, the team who won the previous matchup, with the best quarterback in the country, the best coach in college football history, with
0: more than a week to prepare, and you're going to put them as underdog, I think is the crazy, crazy way of doing things. Yeah, man, and and I agree. And I, and I you know, I touched on it a little bit the other night, and I, I can just see Nick Saban just sitting there just, just laughing, just laughing, watching film and saying, Man, they're really disrespecting us like this, you know. And, and he's preaching that to his team. But you know, now I'm looking at the matchups on the field, man. And, and you know, I, I I just rewatched the game this morning. I rewatched the SEC championship game, and and you know, with Georgia having Stetson Bennett at quarterback, and and now them having Pickens back, and and they're three headed. Trio monster backfield that they have. What does is, what is Georgia got to do, man, to keep up with Alabama? Give me your thoughts on it.
1: Uh, I think we need to see the same thing. I mean, for Georgia,
0: I mean, obviously they went right down the field the first game and score, but I think
1: um, the way it's going to work this time, man, I think they're really going to have to kind of get stats and establish what like they did against Michigan quick, quick, uh, you know, bubble routes, quick screens, quick slants five yard outs. I mean, something to get the ball out of his hand quick, um, find the zones in the defenses, you know, eat them up. I think, I mean, if we've watched both, yeah, Pickens is back, whatever, but Pickens hasn't done much. I mean, he's been hurt, so it's like you can't really go into this game hoping he's going to produce a ton. I think if you're Georgia, you got to really put the ball in uh, James Cook and then obviously Brock Bowers' hands. I think those are your two guys that are going to – I think those are your best playmakers. I think Burton – I think Jermaine Burton's really good, but I think mm-hmm. – if you're Alabama, I mean, if you're Georgia, Brock Bowers is a mismatch, and then there's not – and if you you line up James Cook in the backfield, you can line him up in the slot. Like, you move him around a lot, and it causes problems with the defense where they line up. And I think it gives you advantages of taking – taking. now you got a linebacker on a really good tight end. Now you got a linebacker or, or a nickel corner on a really elite, fast running back that can also catch the ball out of the backfield. I mean, I think he had – four catchers for like 150 yards against Michigan. So, I think Georgia's going to really have to use both those two guys and get Stetson, Stetson clicking and established quickly because I don't know if the um, up and up and down the field, deep balls are going to work all game. It might work for a quarter. It might work for two drives. But Georgia is not going to want to get into a shootout like they did last time. Like, Georgia can't keep yeah. up, I don't think, without being able to a shootout, I think. Alabama's too explosive when they need to be. But I also think with Georgia's front seven, they're going to be able to, you know, maintain Alabama's run game a lot more than Cincinnati did. So, I don't see Alabama running for 300-plus yards. So, Bryce Young's going to have to win the game. But we've already seen him do that. So, I don't know that – I don't know if looking at the quarterbacks, you know, saying Bryce Young or Stetson Bennett is really going to make any difference than last time after we've already seen Bryce Young – pick apart this supposed greatest
0: defense in the last 15 years of college football. Yeah, man. And, and, you know, I, I look at Stetson and, and, you know, I saw Munkin say that, that they could win it all with Stetson and they're 60 minutes away, but I look on the other side of the ball and I see Bryce Young and I, and I, I, I watched, I watched it again this morning, the, the plays that he made in that SEC championship game, man, I, I just don't know if Georgia's offense can keep up. I don't know – man, I don't know if they, if they can run the ball on Alabama consistently because Cook was their leading rusher in the SEC title game, and he had 38 yards on 11 carries. And I'm not sure if Stetson can make the throws through the air to to keep up with Alabama. And, man, I – I, I saw it this morning again. I paid a lot closer attention to it, man. He made about he made about four throws that should have been picked in that game, and and two of them were picked, and then two more should have been picked. And it's it's I just don't know if he can keep up. Bowers is definitely a mismatch. Um, you know, like like you said, I, th- I think they got to get the ball get the ball out of his hands quick. I think Pickens is going to have to step up and make a play downfield, man. Uh, you got to hit Alabama with with vertical shots, man. And if you don't, you're in trouble because you're not going to run the ball consistently on them. And, you know, that brings me to my next point is, is looking on the defensive side of the ball for Georgia. Man, we watched it, and they didn't get hardly any pressure on Bryce Young. And when they did, he evaded, moved up in the pocket, took off, and they couldn't they couldn't get a hand on him. You know, I mean, what is what does George do on the defensive side of the ball to get pressure on Bryce? I
1: don't know, man. That's um it's a good question because I mean if you watched the Cincinnati game, they run three through five, and it seemed like they were getting pressure on Bryce on the afternoon. Mm. But George's front seven is, I mean, elite. I mean, you got probably four or five guys, maybe more, on that front seven that if not this year, the next two or three years, we'll be getting drafted probably first, second round in the draft. Like they, they're the kind of they're the guys that I saw a thing you know earlier in the, earlier in the year talking about you know when Georgia pulls up to an away game, what you do if you're Georgia is you give them, you let that front you know starting lineup, your front seven and your backup front seven, they're the first guys off the bus every single time just because those are the kind of guys, they look big, they're good, they're nasty, like they get after it. I mean they got some really good guys. I mean, you got Kobe Dean, obviously you got Jordan Davis. Um, you got the Tundle guy, you got, uh, the Carter kid. They got, they got guys all over that defensive front that are going to be elite players in the NFL, I think. And they weren't able to get pressure on, I mean, like when, like you said, they weren't able to get pressure on Bryce Young. And when they did, he was escaping it. They it wasn't like they didn't have a, you know, a spy really on him or anything, but it was also the first game we had seen all year where Bryce Young ran the ball well. Like he, evaded tacklers. He got out of the pocket. He ran when he needed to. Like, or, you know, that was one complaint you heard from Alabama fans all season. Oh, well, Bryce Young, when, you know, he's supposed to be his dual-threat quarterback, but he doesn't run the ball enough. And it's like, okay, sure, he doesn't run the ball enough because you don't have a great backup, and why the hell would you run the ball when you got good running backs beside him? <laughs> but that game he had to avoid the pressure. He had to step out of the pocket. He had to take off running. When he get the 15, 20-yard run, runs when he could.
0: And his leg,
1: I think, made the difference in that game because then Georgia had to start respecting the run, you know, him taking off in the pocket, and that it, it kind of took their defense out of what maybe they would normally do, where they're bringing more pressure with the linebacker. Instead, they had to leave leave, leave a linebacker in the middle of the field to make sure Rice is going to take off for 20, 30 yards on the scramble or whatever. So, um, I think you know it's a cliche thing to say the you know the offensive line or the you know the line of scrimmage is where the games will be won or lost. But if Alabama offensive line shows up, they showed up against Cincinnati. I think Georgia can get pressure, and I think Georgia can, you know, cause disruption. But if the offensive line from Alabama that showed up the first time they played Georgia shows up again, I just think it's going to be real tough. I mean, Bryce is you know, the elite quarterback. If you give him enough time to get back there and sit around and pick, pick, pick you apart, Georgia's secondary is suspect. That's their weakest link no in their doubt. defense. So, no I think, you know, if, if he's able to sit back there and go through one or two reads at a time, he's going to pick them apart. So, I think – Whichever offensive line for Alabama shows up is really going to be a key determining factor in the game.
0: Yeah, man. And, you know, I watched the, the Georgia secondary, and and I've heard a lot of other – past weekend, and they're saying, oh, but without John Mechie, you
1: know, you know where, where,
0: does Alabama, where, does Alabama where does Alabama go? Who steps up? Because, you know, Georgia's going to – they're going to shade a little bit more toward – toward Jamo, toward Jamison Williams, and they're going to try to keep him from getting. And, you know, I look back at the game, and I'm like, like man, they points without John Metchy. They, uh, Jamison Williams, even though, even though, you know, there was no, he still burnt Georgia deep. He hit Georgia with, with a little stutter and blew right past the entire secondary, uh, the entire secondary. They had no answer for him. And and I just think Alabama offense, offense. I think they have way too many weapons. I think it's it's you know you got Billingsley, Lotu, uh, uh, Slade, Bolden, Jamison, Williams, and and I tell you what, man, Jagori Brooks. He's not getting the love because that kid's special, and I think he's going to be the next great Alabama. And I just. I, I I don't know where to go, I don't think Georgia. I don't think Stetson Bennett can throw Georgia to a win, and I just I don't see any way. You know, I see the talking heads say that it's going to be different, and it's hard to beat a team twice. But hell, DJ, it's hard to beat a team once because Georgia ain't been able to do it. You know, and and I don't know, man. I just. I don't know. I, I, I'm I'm at a for words cause Georgia, because Georgia I, – because I think it's going to be – I don't think Georgia's going to play as bad, and I don't think Alabama's going to play as good. And I want to take Georgia, but I can't. I can't because – I can't because of Nick Saban. I can't because of Bryce Young. And I can't because of Will Anderson and Alabama's defensive line. And and the way Alabama, the way they played on the O line, the the first time they played, and all of Alabama's playmakers, I I just can't take them, man. And and I'm gonna take. I'm gonna take Alabama. I'm gonna take Alabama. I'm gonna take Alabama thirty four Georgia twenty three. And 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 how do you feel about it, man? How do you feel about your score prediction and who?
1: Yeah, man, I'm, I'm kind of in that same boat, dude. Like, I, I think, like you said, it's tough to beat a team twice in one season, especially only a month apart. And I saw a stat this morning or a graphic this morning or maybe it was last night on Twitter where the there's only been, like, four or five times in history where two top five teams have played twice in the same season every single time the team who lost the first game won the second game by double digits. Um, yeah. I don't think Georgia is good enough or that much better than Alabama to beat them by double digits. Um, I think Georgia can win the game. I think I think these are definitely our best two teams in the country. I'm glad, you know, as much as I hate, you know, Alabama and Georgia being a Florida fan, I mean, I think this is – this is the matchup you want to see if you're a college football fan to see, you know, the best two teams in the country from top start of the season to the end of the season. No They've, doubt. They're getting to be the ones – you know, competing and playing for the next championship. Um, like you said, man, I really agree. I think I think Alabama's defense, I think with um, Dallas Turner, who is going to be an absolute freak for the next two years after this year. I mean, he's only a true freshman. Dude's got like seven mm. and a half, eight sacks, something like that. You got Will Anderson coming back. I saw a thing this morning. Will Anderson's trying to talk um, one of their big defensive tackles into coming back for one more season. Yeah. Mm. Um, you know, considering you know how good Alabama's been in the past and how many national nice championships they won, it's like the new guys come in, these new young freshmen, sophomores. They come in, it's like they want to win. They want to be the the next next in line of the legacy. They don't want to be the team that ends ends the run unless that you know lets that dominance in. Um, I think Alabama. I think they maybe not on paper this year for the first time in a long time. On paper, I don't know that they're the better team. I think. Outside of maybe the quarterback position, I think Alabama is not on paper as good as Georgia. I think Georgia has more talent overall, if you look I mean, based off of, you know, recruiting rankings in the past and stars and all that good stuff. But I do like I do like Georgia's defense, man. It's again, like we said, it's hard to beat a team twice, especially an elite defense like Georgia has. I think the SEC championship game, I I almost want to take it with a grain of salt because it was kinda of like, you know, Georgia was in that Georgia was in the playoffs whether they got beat sixty three to nothing or they won sixty three to nothing. Georgia was gonna be in the playoffs hit. They've been the most dominant team from week one to week thirteen all season. They weren't gonna miss the playoffs no matter what happened in that game. Alabama had to win that football game to make the playoffs. Alabama had to, you know, put on a good show and win that game. I think even if Alabama were to put on a good show and lost by maybe a field goal or, you know, lost 27-24, I think Alabama had a chance of still getting in. So, Alabama had to put in, you know, everything they had into that game where it like, you know, you hate to say it like this and you hate, you hate to say a team didn't, you know, go out there to try to win a game. But I think Georgia went out there with a mindset kind of like, okay, well, hey, we're in. If we win this game, great. If not, we'll see them again. Where Alabama went into the game saying, hey – if we don't win this game, we won't get to see them again. We don't get to continue our legacy. We don't get to keep building on this <laughs> dynasty that's you know that's been going on over the last 10, 15 years. Um,
0: Very good point.
1: So, I think, man, like you said, dude, it's such a tough game. Alabama being an underdog, I don't know what in the world Vegas is looking at. Strictly, not even – you know, if, even if you're looking just on paper at the talent, okay, sure, maybe like I said, Georgia might be the more talented team. But this game – like every other game, big game in history, in my opinion, it comes down to the coaching. And there is no way in hell I'm taking Kirby Smart ever over over Nick Saban. The dude's won, what, six national championships, five national championships or whatever it is in the last ten years, and he's won back-to-backs once or twice trying to go for his next, his next one. Um, I think, you know, like we said last time, I, I don't remember who I picked for the SEC championship game. I may have even picked Georgia. I don't remember. But – um, as a college football fan, I want to see a close game. Uh, as a Florida fan, it's gonna sound wild. I really hope Alabama beats the breaks off of Georgia, because I, <laughs> I, I think I think Florida's building something special with Billy Napier, and I think if if recruits see, hey, Georgia's doing the same thing every year. They're going there, you know, they're having a great regular season. They are getting to the end and they can't get it done. No matter how much talent they got, they can't win it. I think. Florida can start to turn that into a recruiting thing for them. Hey, look, Georgia can't get to the – champ. They, they haven't won nothing. I mean, obviously, Florida ain't won nothing in a while either, but I think you can – you know, players are starting to see maybe a culture change. And I think – obviously, this is me being a Florida biased guy. You know, if Georgia loses, I think it helps Florida recruiting. If Georgia wins the last championship, they're already recruiting at an elite level. That bumps their recruiting even better. Now they have something to fall. But, hey, we can win the national championship. We've won a national championship in the last – Thirty days,
0: not the last that.
1: forty years since you know, they haven't won one since nineteen eighty. But man, like you said, dude, it, it, this this is the conversation we're having, man. This is how what excites me about the game is like both of us are kind of at a loss of words and loss of. I don't think you can go wrong either way. I don't know if, I mean, it was, what would you say the line was? Two and a half, three, something like that.
0: Yeah, it keeps it keeps flopping back and forth, man.
1: Yeah, I mean. I think that's the kind of game it's gonna be. I think it's gonna be a three point, you know, three point game, touchdown game. If it ends up being more than that, it's more it's gonna be like a, you know, late last two or three minute field goal to kind of put it on ice. Um Golly, man, you picked Alabama. I I don't wanna pick Georgia just because like I said, I don't want them to win. I don't necessarily think they're gonna win, but it's like mm-hmm. Ah, dude. Give me Alabama, give me Alabama twenty seven twenty. I think Alabama wins 27-20. I I think, Georgia, I think Georgia comes out firing all cylinders. Not like last game. I mean, I think they come out, but I don't think they hop out 10-0 and choke the lead away. I think they may come out, have good drives, and maybe not score. Maybe, you know, kick field goals or something. Mm-hmm. And we all know kicking field goals doesn't beat Alabama. You're going to have to score if you get in the red zone. You're going <laughs> to have to score when you have the ball. You're not going to be able to get into a track meet. I think if it turned into a track meet, that's playing right in Alabama's hands. I think Alabama's defense is opportunistic. I don't know that they're as good as the previous defense. Yes, they may have superstar talent, but as a whole, I don't think they are a great defense. But I think they're good enough to keep them in the game, make big plays when big plays are needed. And I think think it's just, like I said, I don't care who the hell the quarterback is for Georgia. And it ain't got nothing to do with talent. I think – You give Nick Saban 10 days to draw up a game plan, tell his guys they're underdogs, tell his guys that nobody in the world believes in them, I think them dudes are going to come out with their freaking heads on fire, ready to knock some people out, ready to to show the world, hey, look, we're still Alabama. We ain't going nowhere. Even though y'all don't want us to be here anymore, we're still here. And uh, I think they get it done. I think they go for back-to-back. And I think – I, honestly, going to, this might be a wild, bold take, but I think this might – if Georgia does not win this national championship, I think this sets Georgia back. I really do. I think recruits kind of start to see, hey, maybe this is just like it was when Mark Rick was there. I think, oh, hey, well, Kirby can recruit elite talent. Mark Rick recruited elite talent. Mark Rick had number one quarterbacks on his team. He had top-rated wide receivers, defensive players, running backs, and he couldn't do better than 10 and 2. Um, yep. I think people are going to – I think you're gonna start hearing a lot of Georgia people if they lose this national championship. By no means are they gonna be saying fire Kirby, but I think Kirby seat might be starting to get a little warm a
0: little bit if he loses this game on Monday night. Man, you know, I said that in the previous episode that that where does Georgia go if they lose this game? Because the SEC East is getting thick, DG. It it is, man. And and they're not gonna be they're not gonna be bottom dwellers for long. You know, you got Tennessee, South Carolina, Kentucky, Florida. Man, they're all just just improving so fast. And I know we haven't seen the Florida thing yet, but you know it's coming. I mean, Billy Napier, what he's doing down there, you know it's coming. And they're an elite program. We all know they're going to get back. And where does Georgia go if they lose? And I'm on the same page with you, with you right there, man. And, and I agree 100%. And, you know, if Georgia don't get it done tomorrow night, man, it, it – I'm with you, man. I don't. I don't know where they go, and and I don't see them getting it done. I really don't. I, I like Alabama. You like Alabama. I think it's Crimson Crane. I like Jamison Williams. Just I like Alabama's receivers, man. And I just think Nick Saban is is the the greatest to ever do it. And we're living in a special time in college football. And, yeah, uh, it's it, crazy. It, it, it's wild, man, because
1: I think I think Georgia, I think think Georgia's in a spot, man. Like you said, if they lose, it's like, okay, what do they do now? This is supposed to be their year. This is – you know, they've had two or three years in the past couple of years where this was their year. Well, this has been their year. This was probably the most down college football has been in a long time. They're, you know, Clemson's not in the playoffs for the first time in six years. Mm-hmm. The SEC was, for the most part, not very good. I mean, you had – Alabama, Georgia, obviously the best two teams in the country. Ole Miss, sure, yeah, I'm sure, they're a top ten team. They weren't elite. Mm Texas A&M, Texas A&M could beat you if they play their best game. They weren't elite. Auburn, Mm -hmm. Florida, teams that are typically your top teams in SEC had bad years. So if Georgia can't get it done in a year where they have a weak schedule, they don't put their their SEC East competition is very bad. Auburn, you know, they're cross, they're cross, uh. Cross division rival Auburn, not great this year.
0: No doubt. Um,
1: you know, sure, they played an up and coming Arkansas team, but up, that was an up and coming Arkansas team that no one really knew much about. They played them in week four, I mean, at yeah. in Athens. So it was like, Georgia, it, it seemed like Georgia didn't play. I mean, even Clemson, you know, you look back at that game, like that sure, that game at the beginning of the season with all the hype in the world, but you look now and it's like, I mean, Clemson still ended up going 10 3. Clemson still had a respectable season, but Clemson was nowhere near what people thought they were going to be. No. Uh, their defense was elite. We knew their defense would be elite, but they weren't nearly the offense we thought they were going to see. We, and then Alabama proved it in December, December 4th in Atlanta. They showed that Georgia had not played an elite offense all season. They came out there the random one. boys ragged because that was the best offense Georgia had seen all year. Georgia hadn't played a top 15 and 20 quarterback in the country, much less the best quarterback in the country. I mean, some of the players they were playing, I mean, like, I mean, I'm, I'm a Florida fan. We threw a tr- – like, yes, I think Amber, I think Anthony Richardson can be elite. I think Anthony Richardson can be mm-hmm. special if he stays healthy. But he, we threw him at his first career start against the greatest defense that we've seen in a long time up until that point. You can't – I don't care how elite of a quarterback you are. You don't – you're not going to make plays when that's your first career start. So, it's like up until Bryce Young, Anthony Richardson may have been the best quarterback they played all season talent-wise. He just – it was his first career start, so he didn't look great. I mean, they didn't play a lot of, you know, elite quarterbacks all season, which, again, this was a down year for the SEC as far as quarterback play, in my opinion. I mean, the bet – Bryce Young is by far the best, and then it was Matt Corral, and then it was a massive fall off after that. There was no – not like we've had in the past where, like, three or four teams have really good quarterbacks. So, Georgia didn't play anybody, man, like, in my – in my opinion, that made them better. They weren't battle tested. They weren't ready for that Alabama team they saw. I think they're gonna be ready this time. I just I just don't believe that Kirby Smart's gonna outcoach Nick Saban. So that's why I'm rolling with Alabama. But to kind of go off this point, if Georgia wins this national championship, man, I do think this is the stepping stone they take. I think if Georgia wins this national championship, I hate to say it, but I think this propels Georgia maybe into that role that Clemson's in. I think I think they take that next step. Now they they can call themselves an elite program. They're recruiting at elite levels, mm-hmm. but now you win a national championship and you take that next step. Hey, we can win now. We we can win now. Like that, all that 1980 bull crap that that can be thrown out the window. We you know our last national championship is now 2021. So I think it's it's a it's a either Alabama or Georgia takes off to the moon or they fall to the bottom. Because like you said, the SEC East is. Ramping up, I think Kentucky. I think Kentucky's. I think Kentucky's maxed out. I don't know if Kentucky's ever gonna go be better nine three team. I think, oh yeah. I just don't know if they have the facilities. I do, on the other hand, think Tennessee. We know Tennessee has a facility. I think Josh Heupel is gonna build a program there. He just has to find a quarterback. I think Hendon Hooker's good, but he's a he's a, he's got one more season. You're gonna have to go get an elite high school player or an elite grad transfer or you know. Transfer portal guy for him to continue to build. By I think Josh Heupel is going to build some, can build something I think he can get Tennessee back to where people expect Tennessee to be back in the old days. I think Shane Beamer at South Carolina. Granted, I don't think South Carolina can ever be an elite national championship winning SEC t- football team, but I think South Carolina can get to a consistent nine and three, a consistent mm-hmm. ten and two, a team that you're not going to want to play the week after you play Georgia or the week after you play LSU or the week after you play Tennessee. I don't know. Like I said, I don't know that he ever wins a nice championship of South Carolina, but I think he gets that get that start. I think South Carolina is going to soon be that team they were when Stur- Spurrier was there. We're like, damn, we got South Carolina next week right after this tough game against Auburn. Like, and like you said, Georgia plays all of those teams on top of Auburn and on top of whoever they may draw from the West every year. So if they don't win it this year, I think these other SEC East teams are going to start Building programs, recruiting at elite levels, to where the talent gap is not going to be as large as it was this year. This year, man, Georgia's talent gap compared to everybody else in the SEC East was tremendous. I think, oh, I yeah. think I saw a stat. I think I saw a stat when they played Florida. I want to say they had like twenty nine five stars, and Florida only had like five or six on the whole state, on the whole team, and three of Florida's five stars were transfers, like kids that came into the program, not people we recruited. That's going to change. Billy Napier. I mean, I know this is Alabama Georgia preview. You talked about this last night, for playing basketball, man. I didn't even pay a because I don't think Florida's a good battle team. Just because I've been on what is doing recruiting, man. Florida's got a weekend upcoming next week, we're hosting some elite talent. You know, Harold Perkins, the number one linebacker just committed to Texas and last week, is visiting. You don't a visit from a top player late in the recruitment after committed to a team a week later or a week later. So I think mm-hmm. there's a chance Florida can flip it. Then we get a kid from from Louisiana, Jacoby Matthews, number two, they don't want to say he's Looking at, he's visiting. Friends with Carmar Wilson, who are who are already signed with Florida. Is already on campus. They all have, they all have the elite because far because he went out and got elite recruits and hit. He went and got the best of the best of defensive backs with Corey. Ryan. He's got guys built relationships with some of these kids already. And I think. He, I honestly mean, it's, it's crazy. Far was running the fourth recruiting class prior to signing day or early signing day. I think
0: mm-hmm.
1: they're saying there's a chance if we pull some of the guys, that are, he could end up getting this class in the top twenty. If he gets this class back in the top twenty with a month and a half of work, and and he pulls some of the kids he's talking about pulling, because right now Far only has eleven kids committed or signed. But our average, their average rating for each player, I want to say, is a ninety-one. Those are you. That's elite talent. No it doubt. might not be a lot of elite talent at once, but it's elite talent. And Georgia, Georgia's – we took two of Georgia's guys. They wanted Kamari Wilson. They wanted Shamar James. Billy Napier came in in nine days and took them. Give no – you, you, you lose this game on Monday and you show these recruits, hey, I can recruit the hell out of you, but I can't win it when it matters. You're going to start losing even more of these elite recruits. Two to the Florida's, two to the Alabama's, to Clemson's, Ohio State's, Tennessee's, Auburn's. You're going to start losing all these guys. Who you were convincing to come play for you, and you're going to start losing those if you can't show that they can take that next step. So I think I, I'm not going to say he's coaching for his job, but Kirby Smart's coaching for his future. I think if he loses this game, and he doesn't, he doesn't get over that hump in the next year or two, crazy as crazy as to say with the recruiting class that he's pulling in and going ten and 11 and 12 and one every season. His seat is going to be super hot in the next two or three years if he cannot get it done tomorrow. So again, I'm rolling with Alabama, man. I know you're rolling with Alabama. So I think um, like I said, we both said we both agree on the same thing. Nick Saban's the greatest coach of all time. Nick Saban's gonna get this thing done. He's gonna win his seventh, eighth national championship, whatever it is. And he's just gonna put himself even further ahead of every coach to ever coach college football.
0: Man, I, I can with you and and i said the same thing the other night when i was on here just on, by myself cutting up and and i really appreciate you coming on today and and giving us that little that little uh prediction and and the, the digging in with the preview and and even throwing us the florida stuff man and the recruiting pitches i love to hear I about love to hear
1: about other, other things. things
0: and i really appreciate you coming on man absolutely be you know anytime dude hey man good talking to you brother absolutely bro all right, now. hello everyone and i just wanted to give a quick rundown on the anchor app and how i got my start with the uptempo podcast if you haven't heard about anchor by spotify it's the easiest way to make a podcast with everything you need all in one place let me explain anchor has tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer and when hosting on anchor you can distribute your podcast on listening platforms like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. It's everything you need to make a podcast all in one place. And best of all, Anchor is totally free. So go download the Anchor app or go to Anchor.fm to get started. Welcome back in everybody, and that was my co-host Dalton Garrett. And I like some of the some of the points that he made about about the upcoming game tomorrow night, and and you know him him. Talking about the Kirby and if they lose tomorrow night, where does it set Georgia back and and Kirby's future and and you know I agree with him uh, wholeheartedly a hundred percent man if, if if Georgia loses you know what do you start telling recruits you know I, I'm right there with DG on that what do you start telling them hey I can get to the big one but I can't win it. I can't win it. What's my legacy? Am I going to win one and beat Nick Saban or am I going to forever be known as the guy who couldn't beat Nick Saban and had to wait till he retired to actually win one? All right? You don't you don't go down as a goat without beating a goat. You you got to you got to uh, hey, look look at here, look at here. In my opinion, all right, Nick Saban started this thing up. Who was running the SEC at the time? Urban Meyer. Alright. We we always said Urban was a, a top three coach in college football while while he was while he was at his reign and and he went to Ohio State and won there and you know he, he was one of the greats. what Nick Saban do? Hey, I'm here. This is my conference now. I'm knocking the door down. You got me in oh eight. You got me in 08, but you ain't getting me in oh nine. Alright? I knocked the door down. Well Kirby, guess what? You gotta knock the door down, big dog. Got to knock it down, because I think if you don't, I'm with DG. It sets you back. It sets you back because all those other SEC East teams. It's getting tougher. It's getting tougher, and the recruiting side of it, and, and Billy Napier bringing Florida back. Shane Beamer getting South Carolina, getting the excitement back in that program. And I know I keep harping on it, but Tennessee, man, Tennessee, and Josh Heupel, they're coming. They are coming. And, you know, I like Alabama tomorrow night. I, I can't go against Saban. I might be wrong. Georgia might we I wouldn't be shocked if Georgia won. I really wouldn't. But there ain't no way in hell I'm going against Nick Saban. No way, especially as an underdog. You slap him in the face as a two-and-a-half, three-point dog, and, and you want me to pick against Nick Saban? Not a chance. Not a chance. I'm crimson Crane in tomorrow night. Alabama, 1980, live on forever, forever and ever. If Alabama wins, it's just another Tuesday for me. When I go into work, hey, what up, Bama national champs. If Georgia wins, I go on with my head, my head down. And I, and I got to listen to Georgia fans. I got to get on social media and listen to no more 1980 and. You know, I, I I I'm I'm rolling with saving. Can't go against him. Can't go against Bryce Young. You know, Stetson Bennett, the great story. Proud of him. Walk on JUCO. Come back to Georgia. Great story. But man, I'm not picking. I'm not picking Stetson over Bryce. Ain't no way. Not picking Kirby over Nick. Ain't no way. Nah. I like Alabama. Thirty-four twenty-three, and that's a wrap from the uptempo podcast hope you guys enjoyed it i expect y'all to to come back when we give the recap in a couple days and uh, i'm gonna try to bring an alabama guy on here and, and get his recap of it um hopefully I, I might if georgia wins i might try to get a georgia guy on here or i might try to get them both no matter how it goes so you know i thank y'all for tuning in and i'll catch you on the next one